Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. My name's Harrison. I'm the pastor here. We are so glad that you took the time to join us. This is the fourth and final message of our series, Fake News. What we've been doing in this series is we have been learning to distinguish between fact and fiction. You're about to hear me talk a whole lot more here than usual. Well, you actually usually hear me talk, but it's recording. Uh, we had some technical difficulties uh, this past week, and so part four of our message did not record, but uh, we had so many people reaching out, asking about part four. I actually uh, have decided that I'm going to record something here. Uh, it's going to be a recap of part four, so it's going to be kind of like a recap slash sermon, but uh, we didn't want you guys to miss out on the message, so uh, that's what we're going to do. So sit back, relax, and enjoy here it is, part four of our series, Fake News. It starts uh, in Matthew chapter six. I want to read this verse. It's going to set the backdrop for what I want us uh, to see today. It says this, starting in verse 25. It says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. Come on, somebody. Verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The title of this message, uh, we entitled it, What's Your Worry? What's Your Worry? I, uh, I was, before I spoke this message, I typed in, uh, what's your worry on Google? I like to type in messages to kind of see what comes up. And uh, it actually took me to Dr. Oz, uh, the famous doctor. And uh, on his website, I actually took a worry quiz. And basically what this quiz was about, it was just trying to find out what your worry type was. And uh, what I found out was that I am a quiet responder. Basically what that meant uh, is in my life when I worry, uh, I don't necessarily tell people. I just keep it to myself. But then I respond. And uh, it's funny when I got my results, like I was so excited. Uh, we get so excited when like those <laughs> results match who we are. And so I was pumped. I was like, yes, I am a quiet, uh, I'm a quiet responder. Um, but it's funny because I think that uh, more than ever, I think that we as people, we struggle with worry, we struggle with anxiety. And uh, worry and anxiety, what it really is, is just sort of this feeling of what's to come, right? Like we're worried about uh, our schooling or we're worried about our jobs, whatever it is. I think like never before our lives are filled with worry. And one of the reasons that I wanted to re-record this message is because I think that there are so many people every single day that struggle with worry and they struggle with anxiety. And, and literally every single day, if you, if you read stats and statistics, there are people who are uh, missing work because of anxiety. People are, are literally, and we could talk about 
depression and suicide rates, but anxiety and worry are higher than ever before. And so that is one of the reasons that I wanted to, to preach this message, what's your worry? And now I want us to understand this, is that I think in life there is actually natural worries, there's natural anxieties, right? Like if, if you haven't eaten in a few weeks, you should be worried, <laughs> like you should probably do something about that. There's natural worries, like on a first date when you see that girl for the first time, come on somebody. That's a natural anxiety. It's a natural worry. But unnatural is when anxiety and worry like begins to dominate your life. And like I said, I, I think uh, as a people, as a society, anxiety and worry has gone through the roof like never before. And the question is why? Why is our society like this? And I think that um, I could provide some answers. I don't have all the answers. But one thing I think is true is that as a society, uh, we are literally busier than ever. We disconnect kind of when we come home, but, but not really because we have social media. We have the internet and like, like never before these things are in our pockets. When we leave work, our email is right there. It's in our pocket. And so we never really have time to decompress. And I could talk about TV. There's so many people every single day, and I talk to people all the time, they fall asleep to TV, they fall asleep to Netflix, and they say to themselves, like, I can't sleep without it, I, I need it. And so as a people, I don't think we ever really disconnect. And so we're always going 24-7, and I, I think there's a direct correlation between never slowing down and worrying between constantly having to compare our lives to other people's lives and worrying because we see their posts. Parents, you know what it's like. It's like you see that family with their three kids and it's like, oh my gosh, they're perfect and the lighting is great and those photos and we compare it to our lives and it's not that great. But what's interesting in this passage that we read in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking about worry. And one of the names for Jesus in the Bible is the Prince of Peace. The Bible refers to him as the Prince of Peace. And it's crazy because the peace that Jesus offers and Jesus wants to give to us is free. Yet, instead of most people being filled with peace, a lot of us are filled with worry and anxiety. And so the question I want us to ask this morning is, what's your worry? What are you worried about? You see, uh, in our time together, I don't want us to get rid of worry because like I said, I think there is natural worries, there's natural anxiety and we will never live in a world without worry because we actually need it. But what I want us to do in this, mor this morning is not really get rid of worry, but I want us to learn how to manage it. I want us to learn how to control it so it doesn't control us. What we've been doing in this series, uh, every single week we've been looking at a lie, a common lie that we believe. And the lie that we believe, uh, and the lie I want us to examine today is simply this. The lie says, I have to live with worry. I have to live with worry. I have to. It's funny, that the world that we live in, like we worship this idea of busy. We worship this idea. And so what happens is for a lot of us, we actually don't know how to live without worry. You know what it's like when, when you talk to someone now, like no one ever says they're doing good. Instead, it's like, I'm, how you doing? Ah, busy. Life is so busy. And, and it's funny because if our answer to how things are going is not busy, we almost feel bad. We almost feel like, well, I, I, should, I should be more busy. I should be more worried. I should be filled with more anxiety. And so this lie that we believe is I have to live with worry. 
But here's the truth. This is the truth I want us to see this morning. If you're taking the time to listen to this message, I want you to get this truth. And the truth is simply this, that Jesus wants you to experience peace. Jesus wants you to experience peace. His will for our lives is not to live with worry. It's not to live with anxiety, but it's for us to experience peace. And so that's where Matthew 6 comes in to play because I think in Matthew 6, Jesus gives us the answers that we've been looking for, the answer and the path to peace. Uh, in Matthew 6, a little background before I read another verse, um, this is known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's found between uh, Matthew 5 and Matthew 8, and it's one of Jesus' most famous sermons. And uh, in it, he just is dropping tidbits of truth and truth. But what I want us to see today, Jesus is talking about worry, and he's talking about anxiety. And so Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, look what he says. He says this. He says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Now, <laughs> it's funny when I read this because as I read it and what Jesus is telling us to do, it almost sounds like a different version of Jesus. Uh, I look at verse 25 and 26 and I almost see like a hippie Jesus. <laughs> because look what he says. He's like, why are you worried about life? He's like, isn't life more than food? Isn't life more than clothes? And we get this hippie version of Jesus. And he says, look to the birds. Look at the birds. And so we have this version of Jesus. And, and as we read it for the first time, it's like almost like, uh, Jesus, what are you really saying? You're telling me to be a bird. Well, that's fine, Jesus, but the birds don't have a mortgage. <laughs> the birds don't have kids in school. The birds don't have sports they got to pay for. It's, it's funny when you read this. It's like, what is Jesus really saying? But And this is just a key when we read scripture. We have to actually dig deep into it. And so when we look closely, uh, Jesus doesn't actually say, be a bird. Right? Because some people read this like, is Jesus telling me to be a bird? No. Jesus is telling us to look to the birds. The birds are an analogy. Right? And it's just these little things that make a difference when we read scripture. The object lesson is not like, hey, let's be a bird. Let's go fly away, Nelly Furtado style. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't be a bird, but look to the birds. And so he's using the birds as a point of comparison. And I love what he says here because he says, look at a bird in the sky. He says, yeah, God cares about the birds, but, but, but think of a bird and now think of you as a person. And he says, if God cares for the birds, and I love the language that he uses, he says, your heavenly father. He says, if God cares about the birds, what does your father care about you? How much more does he think for you? You see, in essence, what Jesus is saying here, he wants us to use the bird as a point of comparison. He says, look at that bird when it flies around. And remember, if God cares for that bird, what more does he think of you? How much more does he care about you? You see, if Jesus, if I could break down verse 25 and 26 into one sentence, I think Jesus is saying, he's saying, if I'm in your corner, if God's in your corner, what's your worry? What's your worry? What are you worried about? And so look, look, verse 27, he says this, he asks a question, he says, look at the words, and he says, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries, all your anxieties, can all of your stress add a single moment to your life? And it's funny, I think when we read the Bible, sometimes we forget 
that Jesus uh, is God and he knows everything. And I think that science is slowly catching up to what Jesus said 2,000 years ago. He says, can all the worries add a single moment to your life? We know it can add to your life, but what science is telling us now is that worry can actually shorten your life. Anxiety and stress can actually lead to a shorter lifespan. And so Jesus here, I think he's saying something, but he's being very scientific in what he's saying. He's saying worry can actually and literally change your life for the worse. Verse 30, he says, If God cares so woef wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? You see, take these all together. What Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, I need you to look at the birds. And when you look at the birds, remember, if I care for them, I care so much more for you. And he's saying, why are you worried? And so then he even compares it to a flower. He says, look at these flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow. I care about those things. This is showing us the heart of God. But what he's saying, he's saying, I care about those things, but I care about you so much more. So much more. You see, the lie says, I have to worry. I have to. I need this anxiety. I I need to, to experience this. But what Jesus is saying, he's saying, no, you don't. I want you to experience peace. I want you to experience peace. You just need to have a little faith. And so what I love what he's saying, he's saying the birds are up in the sky. And so what he's saying is a metaphor and his analogy. He's saying every single time you are feeling down, every single time you are feeling low, look up. Look up at the birds. Look up at the birds. And so here's the point. Here's the point I want us to understand, friends. And this is the first thing. Is that when we are feeling down, in order for us to get past worry, in order for us to move from worry to peace, we need to flip our focus. We need to flip our focus. Yeah. And and the way that we do this is we begin to change our mindset. We begin to change how we look and how we see things. I'm not sure uh, if any of you guys are like this, but for myself, one thing that I do is I always live uh, in worst case scenario. You guys know what worst case scenario is? It's like when you envision how something's going to happen, you always immediately go to worst case scenario. It's like when you get your bill in the mail and you see that carbon tax hit, you're like, oh my gosh, in three months, I'm going to be homeless. Or it's like the first time your kid gets sent to the principal's office. You're like, it's the principal office today, but it's jail <laughs> tomorrow. It's, see, that's what, that's what living in the worst case scenario looks like, right? It's like you all of a sudden flip to the worst case scenario, to what you think could happen, to a perceived outcome. And so one of the reasons we have worry and we have stress is because of perceived outcomes, how we perceive things are going to be. For so many of us, I think that we would have less worry and less stress in our lives when we envisioned the future, when we envisioned how things are going to work out, that we didn't so much think about all the bad things that are going to happen. But what if we actually began to envision best case scenario? I I have a dream uh, every once in a while, and I know what triggers the dream. It's stress, but the dream is always the same thing. It's it's me uh, at church, and uh, the church is full, and, and and it's ready to go. And uh, I'm ready to preach, but what happens is there is something that uh, forces me not to be able to preach, whether I don't have my notes or I'm not prepared. Uh, but what happens in the essence of this dream is that I'm at church <laughs> and something stops 
it from happening. Something stops it from being successful. And uh, like I said, I get that dream a lot when I'm stressed out. And I think that the reason I get that dream is because what it is, is just a byproduct of that worst case scenario mindset, right? If I think it, it eventually will become a reality in my life, right? If if not in real life, at least in my dreams, right? It is a worst case scenario. And I just, what I want to say when I read these verses and what I think Jesus wants to say is that in our lives, every single time we have that worst case scenario mindset, what if instead we were able to look at things from a best case scenario, a best case scenario? And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying in your life, in your situations, if you want things to change, stop thinking that nothing's going to work out. There are too many people who live with this negative mindset. We live in this deficit mindset that says, I don't think things are going to work out for me. Things work for other people, but I'm not sure they work out for me. And so what Jesus is saying, he's saying, next time you do this, he says, next time you feel down, next time you feel like your outcome isn't going to work out, look to the birds. Because if I care about the birds, what do I think about you? How much more do I care for you? And so friends, I want us to get this in in our mindset. We need to flip our focus. We need to flip our focus from worst case scenario to saying, hey, if God is on my side, if God cares about me so much more than anything else, I believe that God will come through. That God has the best case scenario for me. That's what he's saying. Verse 31, Matthew chapter 6. He says, so don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the lie, dominate the thoughts, I should say, of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all that you need. Jesus is saying, what's your worry? What's your worry? And I love what he says. He says, for those who are unbelievers... He says it's perfectly natural for them to have worries. What does he mean by that? I remember uh, when we were in the process of, of planting this church um, in the summertime, I had just quit my job and uh, I, we were full board going into planting this church and I didn't have a job or a salary. And we were talking to our friend, he's a pastor friend of ours, and he just kind of asked where we were with the process and I told him where we were at. And he just said, man, and he, and he said something that it stuck out to me, it's so profound. He said, man, he said, I don't know how people make big decisions without God. I don't know how they do it. And what he said, it was so simple, but it was so more profound that it stuck out to me. You see, the essence of what he was saying was that I had just made a big life decision, a scary life decision, one that should come with stress, one that should come with anxiety. And so what he was saying, he was saying, the reason you can get through this is because you have God. And with God, there is this guarantee that he loves us and he cares for us. He's going to provide for us. But the question he was asking is essentially, how do people do this without God? How do people make decisions without God? And and I was pondering this question and I think that I came to the answer. And the answer is simple. Most people don't. How do people get through it? They don't. That's why anxiety is higher than ever. Because as a people, we are making decisions, big decisions. And I think that the world that we live in, we're making bigger decisions than ever before. And what happens is there's a generation of people that are making choices, decisions, raising kids without God. And so what Jesus says in verse 32, and this may sound harsh, but what he's saying, he's saying, if you are an unbeliever, 
you actually have reason to worry because you don't have God on your side. You don't have that belief that there's this higher power, this, this person that will care for you. And so as a believer, what he's saying, he's saying when God is on our side, he's saying we don't have to worry. Friends, I think that our minds, if they are left unchecked, if they are left without the reminder that God is with us, that God is on our side, we will end up in that never-ending cycle of worst-case scenario. But this week, what Jesus is trying to get us to do is he wants to get us to flip our focus, to flip our focus. What if every single time we had a big decision, every single time we had a worry, a stress, or an anxiety, what if we had this, this mindset and we could just say three simple words, you know what, I'm worried, I'm stressed, but God's got this. It's three words. God's got this. God's got this. It's, it's flip my focus, right? I'm going to flip my focus. I could go to worst case scenario. I could, but instead I'm just going to believe that God's got this. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying flip your focus. Flip your focus. So the question we need to ask ourselves is how do we flip our focus? How do we do it? Verse 33, I think, gives us the answer. Matthew 6, it says this, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. It sounds so simple, almost too simple, but what Jesus is saying, we want to flip our focus. We want to begin to live with peace. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. But the question is, how do I put God first? How, how do I make him Lord of my life? I like to tell the story um, when I was in university, that's kind of when God changed my life. And one of the things that he did in my life and what I felt him speak to me, he just simply said, put me first. And so as best as I could and as best as I knew how, I tried to put God first in everything that I did, whether that was Bible studies, whether that was more prayer, whether that was going to whatever church services, worship experiences I could go to, I was able to put God first in my life. And one thing that I tell people, I tell this story all the time because all the glory and all the grace goes to God. Between my first semester and my second semester, my GPA raised dramatically. It raised dramatically. And one of the reasons I think that this happened is because when I put God first, God was able to practically prove himself, right? He was saying, I will provide for you. Seek first the kingdom of God and I will give you everything that you need. And so when I tell people this story, I say, that's the power of putting God first. But I need us to understand something. When we put God first, I'm not saying that all of a sudden your grades will, get, will be raised, right? It's like, put God first, your GPA will go up three points. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying when you put God first, all of a sudden you're going to make more money. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying and the reason that I tell this story is because what happened between my first and my second semester is that when my priorities were switched, all of a sudden school did not become the most important thing in my life. And when school, because when school was the most important thing in my life, that also meant that school was the biggest stress in my life. It was the biggest worry. But what happened when I put God first, when Jesus became the center of my life, all of a sudden school now had less of a pressure. You see what I'm saying? Because Jesus was the most important thing in my life. School was no longer the most important thing. And that, that doesn't mean I didn't study. No, that's not what I'm saying. Because if you don't study, you're going to fail. 
But but what happened was that my priorities were now switched. And so now when I studied, when I went to do schoolwork, when I went to write tests, there was less pressure. There was less worry. There was less anxiety. And so, friends, get this. And what I what I am guaranteeing is if you put God first in your life, you will see your worry begin to dissipate. Because all of a sudden, your job is no longer the most important thing in your life. It's still important, yes. But it's no longer the biggest stress. It's no longer your biggest anxiety. It's no longer your biggest worry. You see, I have a belief, and it's simply this. I think that anxiety comes from mixed up priorities. That's what anxiety is. It's mixed up priorities. It's giving weight to things that have no business having that kind of weight in your life. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. And the reason he is saying that is because he wants to give us, he wants us to get our, he wants us to get our priorities in order. Because if our priorities are messed up, we will always fall back to default mode. And for default mode, for a lot of us, that's worst case scenario mindset thinking. It's doing whatever we can to get rid of stress. For some people, it's drinking. For some people, it's just watching more television, anything to get their mind off of their worry and their anxiety. But what Jesus is telling the people today and to us today, he's saying anxiety is just mixed up priorities. But if you seek me first, I guarantee that I will give you everything that you need. I'll give you everything that you need. That's a promise from God. And so what I say to people all the time, I say, man, you want to put God first in your life? Just do it. Make that little decision today. And it's funny because time and time again, I will tell people, put God first, put God first, see what happens. But over and over again, do you know what I have seen? I have seen that people don't take the time to do it. They don't take the time to do it. The answer, I believe, is so clear. It's right there for us, yet so many people will never do it. They'll never put God first. So here's the point I want us to get to. Point number one, flip our focus. Flip our focus. Here's point number two. I could say put Jesus first, yes, but here's the main thing I want us to do. I want us to try it. I want us to try to put God first. I I think for a lot of us, we've heard it, but for many of us, we never actually practically try it. I want us to try it. It It's funny. I I have a, a friend uh, and he, he's a bodybuilder, he's, he's in good shape, and he, uh, he he made a post on Instagram a few weeks ago about intermittent fasting, and uh, it was funny, after his post, he basically just wrote in the post that uh, if you intermittent fast, uh, it's a good way to lose fat around your stomach, and uh, it's just, it's really good, and so right after he posted that, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try it, <laughs> and just for the last uh, two, three weeks, I've been doing it, and I was thinking about it just this last week, and I was like, man, I, the crazy thing is, like, and, and I love this guy. He's, he's my friend, and I trust him uh, wholeheartedly. But the thing is this. He, he's done nothing really for me to prove that he is trustworthy. He's not a doctor. He's not a scientist. <laughs> but I trusted him. And uh, I'm not saying that I shouldn't have trusted him. But what I'm saying and what I want us to see is that I think there are so many of us uh, – in our lives, we have trusted things, we have trusted people because they've said so, right? A lot of us will read articles, we'll change our lives because of it, we'll change our diets because of it. But I just wonder how many of us will actually take the advice that Jesus gives us. Because if that article is trustworthy, if our friends are trustworthy, whoever we are getting advice from, I wonder just how much more trustworthy is God. 
How much more trustworthy is Jesus? How much more? And so what he's saying to us is try it. Try it. And I can hear us already. I can hear the objection for most people. Well, it's like, Harrison, that's great. I would love to put Jesus first. I just don't have time. I just don't have time. If there was a part five in this series, this part five would be about the lie that says, I don't have time. Here's the thing, friends. I don't think that any of us don't have enough time. We just don't have the proper priorities. That's what it is. We have mixed up priorities. And I hear people say, well, well, well that you're saying I have mixed up priorities. The reason I'm so busy is because I have kids. Get this. I know that kids are a lot. I don't have them yet. Kids are a lot, but if your kids are your first priority over Jesus, I'll say this. You are not uh, providing them the best parenthood that you possibly could. You are not being the best parent you possibly could. Because to be the best parent, I believe you need to have Jesus first, and he will give you all that you need. He will give you all that you need to be a proper parent. You see, this lie says, I don't have time, and we have all these excuses. I have work, whatever it may be. But what I know to be true is this. We all have time for what we find is most important. We all have time for what we prioritize. And so what Jesus is saying, what I am trying to get us to do is I want us to just try it. Just try to put God first in your life and see what happens. Put God to the test because it's a promise. He says he'll give you all that you need. You're burnt out. You're exhausted. Maybe it's because the fuel that you need is not coffee. It's not caffeine, but it's soul fuel. It's that fuel that only Jesus can give us. It's a renewed spirit. It's a renewed mind. And so I want to encourage us this week, let's actually try it. Well, how do we do it? Super simple. Begin every single day by reading your Bible. And like never before, it's easier. Download the Bible app, start a reading plan. It can remind you every single day. There's little streaks that tell you how many days in a row it's been. But just try it. It's little things. Maybe at the gym, you can listen to worship music now. When you run, worship, when you drive to, to, to work, it's worship music, it's listening to audiobooks, whatever it is, but it's little things where you're saying, I want to put Jesus first. God's got this. God's got this. So I want to encourage us. Let's actually try it. Let's try it. Verse 34, here's the last one. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. He says, you want to get rid of worry. He says, you need to seek God first. Worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. So many of us are living uh, for tomorrow, for, for three days, for four days, for four years from now. But what God is saying to us, he's saying, let's worry about today because I will give you all that you need today. Understand this very quickly as I wrap this up. God will give us all that we need, but all that we need is not necessarily all that we want. I'll say it again in case you didn't hear that. God gives us all that we need, but all that we need is not necessarily all that we want. The promise of God is not that he'll give us everything we want, but it's that he'll give us everything that we need. Everything that we actually need. And so I want us to understand this. If our needs are covered, if we know, if we have a guarantee from God, if we seek him first, if he is Lord of our life, he will give us everything that we ever need. If he knows what we need, what do I need to be worried about? If we have a father in heaven that wants to provide for us, that wants to give us everything that we need, what do we have to worry about? And so here's the last thing I want us to do. 
If we believe wholeheartedly that God will give us all that we need, what if every single time that we worried, we were able to turn our worry into worship? That's the third point. Turn your worry into worship. Turn your worry into worship. I love what Paul says in the New Testament. He says, let us take captive of every thought and submit it to Christ. What that means is every single time we have that thought of negativity, that that, that thought of, of things not working out, of our worst case scenario, he says every single time we have a negative thought, let's turn that worry into worship. What that means is let's every single time we have that stress, we have that doubt, instead of letting that take captive of us, what if we brought it to God? And we said, Jesus, this is what I'm feeling right now. This is what my heart is feeling. And we say, Jesus, take this thought. And instead of worrying, we begin to worship. We begin to thank God for all that he has done. Let's turn our worry into worship. Let's turn our worry into worship. And so let me just recap real quickly. We want to turn from worry to peace, three things. Flip our focus. Number one, flip our focus. Let's not look down, let's look up. Look up to the birds and and remember. Number two, try it. We want to flip our focus. In order to do that, we need to put Jesus first. Because when Jesus is not the Lord of our lives, when he is not first in our lives, our natural inclination is to look down. So let's just try it. Let's just try it and let's just believe that God will give us everything that we need. And so the third point is when we begin to do that, we can turn worry into worship. We can turn worry into worship. Every single time we are worried, we begin to worship. I wonder if you guys could just pray with me real quick. Dear Jesus, thank you so much that you offer us peace that you offer us everything that we could ever need. So I pray, God, for anyone who is struggling with worry, doubt, or anxiety, that you give them everything they could ever need. Thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that that message inspired and encouraged you. Hey, if you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. You will find everything that you need and so much more. Thank you guys so much for all that you do. And uh, if you have not checked us out in person, we would love to see you. Take care.